Welcome once again to my history podcast. In this episode, I will travel back to the great builders who constructed the circular earthen and stone ring forts or fairy forts back in the late Iron Age and early Christian period. Through his people, his heritage and his local coastline, this is truly Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. The landscape of ancient Ayrn is dotted with the mark of our ancestors. A mark and a reminder of our great past as a nation of Irish people. Eminent archaeologists and writers, such as Sean P. O'Reardon and Michael G. O'Kelly, just to cite a few, have all highlighted the subject and their work should be acknowledged. Even to this day, archaeologists are still peeling back the past to understand the true history of our ring forts and promontory forts. What the future holds, we don't know. But more excavation and research will add to the already gathered history. In Ireland, the ring fort or fairy fort is associated with many mythological and legendary events. Superstitions are still known to this day. Some people believe that forts are the gateway to the underworld and must not be entered day or night for fear of being taken by the little people or she. Another belief is that forts are the burial places for the underworld gods, a place that should not be touched by human hands or destroyed. This is why many are left, alone and confined to the realm of myth and legend. One old story told by a schoolgirl in the Ballybunin area many, many years ago, that there was a young man in the Ballybunin area who heard of a story of a dragon in a fort. The young man decided to take on the beast and proceeded to a fort where Clancy's is today, the Promontory Fort or Crescent Fort. The beast was seen at the end of the fort, sleeping peacefully. The young man approached the sleeping animal carefully and gave him a poke of a sword in the rear. The dragon took one leap in the air and chased the young man who was on a horseback across the landscape of Ballybunan Tarahuna, where the beast died of exhaustion. The young man escaped with his life, realising one should never poke an animal like that again. Local lore, which has been added to for decades and decades. The Headless Coach of Lishin Roa. Lishin Roa is located near Bramore Cliffs, north of Ballybunion, adjacent to a public road. The late Matty Lee of Bramore related to me that according to his ancestors, one late night, the Headless Coach stopped at the fort. Its door opened and then closed, and in the distance headed off in the clear sky to Conochanore. Matty related that locals believed when the coach door opened and closed, the spirits of the dead emerged from Lishin Rua into the coach on their way to the other world. This is just again another example of local lore surrounding ring forts in the area. I'll return again with more stories in another episode. Fort names in the area are many. Dune is attributed to a stronghold fort. Dune is also a townland in the Ballybunion area. The primitive fort and Uri Vallette are named after this dune or fort. Lis, which is another name for a fort, gives its name to other forts in the area, one of which is Lis Dune Flan, or Flan's Fort. Named after Flan Fiorna Shunana, a local O'Connor chieftain, this fort is located at Bramore Cliffs. Just a slight mound exists, this is a Uni Vallette fort. Beyond Bramore Cliffs' entrance, there is another fort called Lishin Rua, the Red Fort. 
This is adjacent to the public road and is D-shaped in construction. Also within Bromore Cliffs, there is a large promontory fort, Fossa, and its interior, the renovated World War II soldier's hut. To the left, another promontory called Thornalasa, meaning back of the list. In Rahavanig, there is another fort. Its name is Ra, meaning fort, a monog, a monk, the fort of the monk. In Rahuna, there was another fort near the river called Ra, meaning fort and Unuk, a grave, the fort of the grave. Located just beyond the church of St. John's, Church of Ballybunion, there is another fine example of a ring fort, and well preserved by the McMahon family on a local farm. A part of our past, a part of our heritage. In future, I will visit and pay a site visit to these sites at a later stage. Construction of the forts in the area. The circular forts and strongholds in the area are earthen in design, with material dug during their construction from the fossa. Sometimes, during my research, I have found stone fencing the banks, but over the years, due to land reclamation and drainage, many are now faced with only soil covered with bushes and old briars and trees. Within the interior of the fort, a wooden house type would have been located. Only the post holes from time to time have been found. Within the structures, other buildings for farming would have been located. These primitive dwellings gave protection to the occupants from the elements. The walls were often sod walls in places. Sometimes wattle daubed with mud. Nothing remains in the Ballybunan area to date. The forts in the area are, according to archaeologists, commonly univalet, attributed to the Iron Age, 800 BC, of North Kerry's history. It should be noted that ring forts can also be dated to the Bronze Age period as well. Ring forts in Ireland were used extensively up to the 17th century. Souterrains or underground passages. Souterrains are artificially wrought underground passageways constructed deep within the forts and can be found in many forts within the Ballybunan and North Kerry geographical area. I have seen one good example in this area and the souterrain is under the Castle Green in Ballybunion. This has been described as early Christian. In date, dry stone, no mortar was used for its construction. If you want to see this unique piece of heritage, look at my YouTube video, entitled Secrets of the Castle, on my YouTube site. Another fine example is at Dune, within the confines of a crescent fort. These souterrains were used way back in antiquity for places for refuge if the settlement was attacked and for storage for goods belonging to the settlement. Site Visits to Ring Forts Over the last 35 years during my extensive research, I have visited many ring forts and promontory forts in the Kerry area, including Kerry Head, Ballybunion, Dune, Dune Point, Vermore Cliffs, Lick Promontory and Beale, just to mention a few. What fascinates me is the workmanship that was undertaken to choose the site, planet size and construction, coupled with the natural areas where the ring fort was to be located. All aspects were thought of during the planning process. Strategically chosen for a good vantage point, also for safety of the settlement, coupled with a water source, either a nearby stream or spring well, locally sourced raw material was used in the construction of the ring fort. The excavated material was dug during the construction, was employed for the circular enclosing ditch from the fossa. Included in this was stone, which in some cases was used to fence the fort. In some cases, a souterrain or underground passageway was constructed, which when used 
was an additional room space for the settlement. Some of these sutherins, even to this day, have been found intact. But I have to stress must be treated with caution when found, as they are very dangerous to enter, and often fragile movement, when just uncovered, may cause them to collapse. Promontory forts I have visited, like Kerry Head, Ballybonian, Dune Point, and Promortlis, still to this day have the remains of a deep fossa, which can give a person the feeling of security that the settlements had during those early days. Of course, the promontory forts is different to inland fort, as the situation goes from often hillside to coastal headland side, overlooking the sea from high cliffs from over 80 feet to over 100 feet, depending on the area. Sutrains are again in position within these type of fort and are quite dangerous, especially near steep cliffs and should not be explored. I will give a few examples of the forts I have visited to give you a sense of what I experience. Kerryhead Promontory Forts I visited Kerryhead a few years ago as part of the North Kerry Geological Survey. On my approach to the site, what struck me was the elevation of the fort near the sea. Very high rugged cliffs protected the fort. Parts of a deep fossa remains, and it's still a defensive site. In the Ballybonian area, the much-loved remains of Ballybonian Castle stands on the promontory fort to the clan Conora. Part of the fossa is there, though a footpath covers it from view. A small section of the mound still exists, but you can get the sense and feeling, like Kerryhead, of safety and defence. Another part of the structure, a second fossa remains, just in front of the old castle ruins, but is covered with a tarmac footpath. Deep within the promontory fort, there are several passageways, both tunnelling and suterains. I had the pleasure many years ago to have had a meeting on the Castle Green with a National Parks and Wildlife officer was sent to meet me about the Sutherins by the then Government Heritage Minister. He informed me that indeed the site had three periods of civilization: medieval, early Christian, promontory, thus indicating the importance of the site. I will move on now to another less-known promontory on the cliffs of North Kerry, Pukney Castle. Again, like some of the others, very little is known of the promontory, sighted on the cliff edge north of Ballybonan's Lady Strand. On approaching the promontory, one can still see the remains of the fossa, which is gravelled. The centre was filled in over the years. Beyond the fossa, the castle ran convex to the land. According to some sources, I have yet to validate that a spring well existed within the site for the settlement. One can just imagine a small settlement living on the edge of the cliff in those bygone days. Located just beyond the castle meanders a scenic walk overlooking the Nun's Beach and the Virgin's Rock. To the right of the Virgin's Rock is a headland. Located there is another promontory fort known as the Danish Mound. Sources have stated that this is an association with the Danes, but to date this has not been proven. Very little is left of the Danish mound, only parts of a ditch and fossa remains, nearing its last stages of erosion from the weather. Moving along the headland in the direction of Dune, there is a unique crescent-shaped fort overlooking the Bay of Kuna or Kunahish, the Bay of the Fish. This unique crescent fort can be seen clearly from the air, with its high protective mounds and fossa, which rises well over two metres. Again, there is an underground suterrain buried deep within the site. 
Near Dune Church, there is a well-managed caravan park. Within the confines of this caravan park is a well-preserved Univillette fort. Its high banks are clearly visible, earthen in construction. The site is well-preserved by the owner of the caravan park. Dune Promontory, Outriach Nafaila. Just beyond the ruin of the old Dune Creamery, to the right of Kuna Heishke, is a large promontory fort of Dune Point or Rhea In fact, there are two promontories, one where the ruin of old Dune Castle is, the former resident of Kunakur. The second is a large promontory, projecting seawards. The remains of a fossa can clearly be seen. Only a small section of the interior is left. It should be noted that this area was also known as Fossil Point. When I visited the area many years ago, I found several large fossils. But again, like all sites, this is on private property, and permission to enter must be obtained from the landowner. Bramore Cliffs Promontory At Bramore Cliffs, where there is a top-class walk provided by the owner, who has developed one of Ireland's most famous cliff attractions, visited each year by thousands of visitors. I will return to Bramore Cliffs in the future for an extensive walk and talk. The landscape of our country is dotted by the homes of our ancestors, the ways and customs they practised. It is only fitting and true to our culture that as many of our forts we have left should be preserved for future posterity to enjoy and study. Due to the course of modernisation of our country, many of our forts and monuments continue to be lost. By all means move on, but not at the expense of our past. Without understanding our past, we cannot bring our valuable heritage to future generations. Teaching our younger generations our great history enhances our culture and respect our built heritage. I have included just a few visits in this podcast, and I will return to the forts and promontory forts in the future. The rugged coastline and its stunning views, all interwoven into Danny Houlihan's Irish experience.